that was right. I just guessed it. Well, you got it right. Yay. All right. Sorry, sorry it took us so long. Sorry about that. That's all right. We are we are a trio in technological difficulties. <laughs> yes, we definitely are. If you ever read on my website, it says that we're technologically challenged. <laughs> and we're not afraid to admit it, by the way. Um, I think I'm me, a little more neither. advanced than Shirley is, but that's yeah. okay. I don't want to take a class, but I may have to take a class on this. <laughs> okay, so we'll get started. Uh, you you are there, right, John? I am here. Okay, okay. good. All right. Welcome to the Sherl and Shirley Show. Today, we have John Righeimer, who is the Sawyer County Chair of the Republican Party. And recently, we all attended the Republican Party of Wisconsin's convention, state convention. And we're going to just get right into it and talk about all the raw meat. Welcome, John. Excellent. Well, thank, thanks for having me on. And I know we tried to talk at the convention. There were some difficulties there, and I think we were all thinking alike because I said, you know what, we need to unpack what happened there, the good, bad, the ugly, and, and do it in a productive way. Yeah, absolutely. Some positive feedback, even whether it's good or bad. Well, right. We, we need to live in reality, as I like to say. You know, mm -hmm. ignoring the problem doesn't necessarily make it go away. And so I don't know, where do you want to start? Well, John, was this the first state convention you've been to here in Wisconsin? This this was the second one. I went last year, which is at the Dells. It was um, not as not as many people in attendance. It was the it wasn't as intense, lack of a better way to say it, you know, because there was really nothing you know, no race going on. Uh, no campaign type thing going on. So I went just to observe and learn and you know, I enjoyed it for what it was too. This one was a little more intense and I think more of, you know, what a convention, I kind of anticipated a convention to be as far as a uh, little more noisy. It definitely was more noisy and there was a lot of people there. I think I saw something uh, that estimated like over 1500, which is pretty good crowd. Where would you like to start? I think that you being a chair and a delegate and Shirley was a delegate as well. Uh, this is the first convention I've ever been to where I was a guest, which was was also interesting. Well, I like to start anywhere, go everywhere type of thing. So I'm not sure if what I'm about to say is in the priority of what's most important or in my head. You know, I think it was exciting. Um, I brought my son. He was a delegate as well. He's he's 20, just recently turned 21. He's uh, he's in college. If nothing else, it was always good to have him there because I felt him just being around and observing was, was a good thing. You know, go, going into it, I knew that it was going to be different. You know, let's just cut to the chase, that whole no endorsement thing. So I knew that that was out there and I knew that would cause ultimately caused much disappointment for myself I think many others as well I kind of thought it would but I had hope going in that you know maybe somehow we could uh, sanity would prevail that no endorsement option would be thrown out it was purposely made difficult to do so somebody wanted it in there so it was there and then I thought well okay we'll deal with what we have to deal with I'll just come out and say it I'm a Rebecca Clayfish supporter I was um, hoping she could get the 60 percent and she came awfully close then when she didn't you know you charge forward but you know when you look back maybe it's pack the bad stuff. I just think it was awful that no endorsement was an option. I think that was wrong. I think it created a lot of chaos. It didn't have to be that way. Now, Cheryl, past election years when we've been at convention, we had the endorsement, did we not? Yes, we did. We had the okay. endorsement process and the chair. Actually, we used the microphones that were in the middle of the aisles. Well, that's when we stood up and they would ask for the county and then the county would say who their delegates were going for. If you had a county that was divided, which happened many times, you know, there might be a county like some of these big counties have 
100 delegates, there might be 50 delegates that were for one candidate, 50 for another. But then as you go through the process, do you remember in 2010, I mean, we overwhelmingly endorsed Governor Walker. The interesting thing was in 2010, Rebecca Clayfish was one of them for lieutenant governor. There were three at the time, I believe. And she was the first one voted out, which was really interesting. And then she ends up becoming the lieutenant Mm -hmm. governor. Very interesting process for sure. That's a great point, Cheryl, in that, you know, one of the arguments from the no endorsement crowd, the mantra was, you know, let the people decide, put the decision in the people's hands. And I thought it was uh, was unfair of what they were trying to portray. Now, maybe they misunderstood and were just, maybe that's what they really believed. It almost seemed manipulative. There's still going to be a primary as we're facing right now. The endorsement is an endorsement. It's a signal. It's coveted if you're a candidate, but there's still a primary. Just because you win the endorsement and Rebecca Clayfish, like you said, for lieutenant governor was proof of that, doesn't mean you lose the primary. So that's where I thought it was disingenuous from the the argument that that no endorsement crowd was was making. What do you think of the no endorsement crowd, Shirley? Well, I was I was surprised because I had thought in the previous conventions I attended that there was a do- endorsement process. I wasn't quite sure what the thinking was behind the no endorsement, other than primary that gives these six individuals running for governor, the ten running for lieutenant governor, governor more of an opportunity to say, hey, nobody's been endorsed; it's anybody's game. Yeah, my thought on it was the no endorsement crowd was more of the people that knew they weren't going to get the endorsement. They wouldn't get enough votes. That's been right. a, a huge obstacle this uh, election period. I saw some of those people out in the hallway high-fiving after the no endorsement one, which I thought was pretty disgusting. Yeah, no, it was nauseating. You know, on social media, that, that crew is still kind of high-fiving itself. And, you know, it just seems to feed, I don't know if it's delusional candidates or what thing is. You know, my, my two cents too is I think this was done to throw a wrench in the work, an obstacle for Rebecca Clayfish to get it. She's the only one that stood a chance of getting it. She likely would have received it had that no endorsement not been in there. Probably would have done so on the second ballot because she was really close on that. You know, she was 50, what she ended up 55% or something. And you need 60% to do it. And that's another point too. You know, that 60% is kind of a, a safeguard within that process as well, because if a candidate can't get 60%, th- then you have no endorsement. But to actively try to stop somebody from getting it versus just have the process play out just seemed to be disingenuous. And I think it helped Michaels probably most of all because he's got the money, you know, because money comes along with that endorsement as well as some other benefits as far as, you know, contact list, donor list, and things like that. So it makes it easier to campaign. You know, let's just say that. I think it's part of the process to help weed out, you know, to weed out too. I mean, Ben Vocal dropped out of lieutenant governor. I like Ben. I don't know what Ben was thinking, but I'm assuming he was thinking fourth, you know, lieutenant governor. He would have had the money. He was one of the more well-funded lieutenant governors. He would have had the money to keep going to a certain degree. But I think that was a signal to him that, you know, this is not, it's not my year for whatever reason, best to drop out. And I think, um, you know, back to governor, I think there's a governor candidates that should be making the same decision, but obviously they won't. They're taking, I think, a false victory lap thinking they've achieved something with this no endorsement. What was the second, what was the closest percentage to what Rebecca Clayfish received? Tim Rantham with 5%, I think. Nobody wow. received Nobody received more than 5 or 6%. I mean, Rebecca had the 54%, and then I think the no endorsement maybe had 15 or 20%. I think, I think the no endorsement was in the 30s or something. Yeah. Then the actual, an actual candidate was Tim Rantham at like five. I think Nicholson had like 2.9 and, you know, Michaels is even less than that. <laughs> I mean, it was just pretty, pretty sad, that sad. There was no endorsement for somebody who obviously had the majority of the of the vote, but I think the no endorsement 
crew kind of just ruined any chance of anybody getting that 60%. Was there a um, rules committee? Is the rules committee the one who sets the 60%? I don't remember uh, that. In the that past. was on that rules committee. So I don't know who set the 60%. That was already there. My, my two cents on it, my first time on it. It seems like they're pretty well set. And then you meet, we all had a meeting at the Dells. What they did was the proposed changes to the rules, like the night before the meeting, which was not pertinent to get it that late. And it was already red, red marked up with, you know, making the suggestion for the no endorsement. So I didn't like that either. I think it looked, it was all set up to clear the way for that no endorsement from that standpoint, I think. And then I think it was 15 of us around the rules committee. It was two from us from the district seven. And then, you know, all the districts represented it. And I want to say the vote was um, eight, seven or something like that. So eight, eight were for having the no endorsement. Seven were for not having the no endorsement. I was one of those seven for the no endorsement. So they basically took the, the past rules, my understanding, tweaked it, here and there, kind of insignificant changes, but the big change was that adding the no endorsement. And I think in the second go around with the ballots, I think some people hit no endorsement on the ballot thinking that was their vote. So that vote didn't hit a candidate. I think they just hit the no endorsement because there should have been more votes somewhere for either candidate than what they actually came with, unless the people chose not to vote at all for any for either candidate. Correct. And that makes sense. In normal years or in the past, you would have had um, you vote for a candidate. And if you don't vote, it just doesn't get counted. Right. So if you're like, Correct. I don't like them all, well, you don't vote, but it doesn't work against a candidate. Where this and, and, time. The Nicholson, and the Nicholson, I had to tell people what I was doing. The Nicholson, Nicholson was actively campaigning for no endorsement. If you saw his table out in the hallway, there was hardly any Kevin Nicholson signs at his booth. They were all no endorsement signs. So he was yes. basically ordering or instructing his followers, don't don't vote for me, vote for no endorsement. I think Michaels was doing that to a certain degree and, and Rantham was as well, but not as loud as Kevin Nichols. For Rebecca, the second time around when they only had that, that two options, you would have thought that there would have been more votes. Do you think some of the delegates left the area because it was so contentious for a while? And they didn't vote? I think they did. I just think the second go around, they just didn't vote or, or they didn't understand the ballot. Gentlemen had to come back and say, there is a no, you cannot vote no endorsement. It's there. No endorsement's not a candidate. You have to vote for one of the two candidates. And when he said that, many of the ballots had been picked up already. Mm. Because really, the first initial vote, then it knocked off Michaels and uh, Nicholson, correct? And then it was Ram Ramthan and correct. Rebecca. Okay. Yes. Fisher. So you have Fisher in there, too. Oh, Adam Fisher. Okay. Yeah. I think he was knocked off first, too. Because yeah. you have to get 20. You have anybody, everybody below 20% gets knocked off. Um, however, the second place one, if I understand it correctly, they'll keep two. In other words, so who's the highest of those remaining stays, even though that person may be underneath 20%. That makes like Will Martin. That's how he yeah. made it to the second okay. to the second round, although he didn't hit 20% either, but he came in second. So I think it was Rantham. I think it was Rantham and Rebecca on the second sheet. Second ballot. That's all they had was Rantham and Rebecca. Well, you know, I think too, you know, uh, along with the no endorsement, I think there's a some of that crowd, I, I hate even say Patriots, but that's you know, I guess for our sake, conversation here, they, they're the Patriot Group people who in, in many ways look like they want to destroy the Republican Party. I'm not sure if they know what they're going to do with it after they destroy it, if they're successful. But I think, you know, no endorsement was, they felt the victory was their way of sticking it to the man. You know, we'll just, you know, let's burn this thing down type of thing. Because I think it was confusion with why they would do something like that other than they don't like anything that has a Republican 
tied to it. Now they like Rantham and I guess Nicholson claims he's an outsider. If you can believe that, you know, they, I think everybody kind of knew, like you said, Cheryl and Shirley, that nobody was going to get that endorsement, but Rebecca. So we will just, uh, we'll flip the Monopoly board game over and not let anybody win. Isn't Rantham the oust or toss Voss? Doesn't he think that yes. they can still decertify the election? Yes. Yeah. That's his, that's yeah. kind of his shtick. And that's and I, John and I, we talked about that on the last podcast, John, remember how some of these people have gotten into the chair positions, which in my own count, yeah. it is like that. And that is why I was there as a guest, unfortunately. Yeah. I think it's, I think to that point, Cheryl, I think that is, um, I, don't, I don't know what percentage it is. I know a lot of the bigger counties in the seventh district are like that. I think you can look at that no endorsement vote and that kind of tells you where things are at. I mean, so roughly 40% of the party been infiltrated by folks that I think for the most part mean well. I just don't know if there's anybody there or if they're not willing to listen to, to reason. You know, I find those folks obsessed with 2000 mules forever and obsessed with, you know, Toss Voss and obsessed with a lot of national things. And I, I think they kind of miss the boat on maybe what their position should be, which, you know, I will add to no endorsement piece. I have two reasons why I didn't like it. You know, some people, we just talked about the second reason, really, and the priority of my first reason and my second reason. My second reason is I think it's important, like we were talking about, I think it's important that party, if they have a viable candidate that can achieve 60% from a strategic standpoint to win, it makes sense to do that. That sends a signal. The field is much clearer at that point. The party can focus on, in this case, defeating Tony Evers versus going through spending um, resources, time, energy, effort, and so forth, uh, just fighting amongst ourselves. It, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. I guess there's three reasons. So that's one, that's, that's a reason. Another reason is I think Rebecca was unfairly treated. Everybody who had a say in this to create that no endorsement in some shape or form was doing it to stop Rebecca. I think that is, that's very unfortunate and those folks ought to be ashamed of themselves. But my first reason why I think it's awful is the local county parties, especially the small rural local county parties like Sawyer County and, and many, many others. In essence, they have um, now set the stage and it's etched in the rules unless they're changed down the road that our 25 delegates in Sawyer County are meaningless. And compared to other counties, that's a small delegate count. Some of those bigger counties will have hundreds, but 25 was enough that statewide candidates had incentive to come out way up north. Most of the candidates are from way down south to come out and directly meet with the people belly to belly and talk with us and for us to get to know them and then get them to get to know us. Now that that delegate power has been stripped away, it's going to be awfully difficult to get statewide candidates to come up to Sawyer County and other rural counties because it's just not worth not worth their time. That's not how the rules now are set up. You can strategically, you should be spending all your time in large metropolitan areas. And for our case, I guess maybe somebody would come up to Eau Claire. So if you want to go see a governor candidate in the future or primary this, primary that, you know, maybe you can make the trip down to Eau Claire no thank you for me. I think that's a shame. And I, and I think it puts into question what's the whole point of having a county party at that point. I got a positive answer for that maybe later in the show. But I don't know if people were thinking of that. And I think, you know, to me, that's where there was a many instances of a failure of leadership here. I would call that RPW leadership. And I'm not even sure what that means or who that is. And I know that's all voluntary positions. So you know, I want to be cognizant of that. But there was a breakdown in leadership. And just on my point there for the local county parties, I don't know if anybody would, you know, maybe they consciously made the decision that they don't care. I, I hope that's not the case, but maybe they don't care about what the county parties think, or especially the small rural ones. And we don't need you stay away. You're useless in favor of, I don't know if it was in favor of the Patriots, you know, the angry decertification crowd that, you know, always threatens that if they're not going to get their way. They're going to stay home and vote. Was it for Tim Michaels to pave the way? I don't know what it is. You know, at the end of the day, that's my number one beef on this out of all those other 
reasons I don't like it. I think long-term, it really puts into question the value or necessity or even why we do what we do at a local county party level. You know, if it's just a club. Yeah, don't get discouraged. It's like the electoral college, right? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, and I'll leave it on this. They get the price. I always say this to get the point across to people when they don't, you know, some people say, well, even after a long explanation, I I hope I'm making sense, but um, I'll give an example. You know, I said, when's the last time you've seen Ron Johnson in Sawyer County? Long time. Yes. Long time. Long Long time. time. And I've tried to get him three times in the past year and what you get back from his staff and they say it very nice so i'm not attacking the staff or, or I'm not even attacking ron johnson what they're really saying when they answer that is can't do it you're not worth our time oh my god now, they don't say that directly but that's right. what they're meaning that's you know, they're, how they're you feel. Well, he's very busy C- could you get four or five counties together can you make it a multi-county thing you know right again you know that's, that's a lot of effort to do that so i'm like no i get it. I and mean, i get it I and mean, i get it so and it makes strategic sense but that's my point so now they've taken that attitude and now that's going to lay on all these candidates. Mm. A lot, you know, there's very disincentive to come up to, you know, small counties. I totally get what you're saying. Don't get discouraged about it. I will tell you from my standpoint, being outside of the party here, which is unfortunate because, of course, I'm an active person in the party. This party here, I would not join because of that. I was grateful that you said something about me being like, you know, a little surrogate of you guys. Thank you. You are. Yeah, it drives me crazy because I fight this all the time. These people really, they believe wholeheartedly we should decertify the 2020 election and that President Trump's going to ride in on a white horse and save us all. And we all know that's not true. Toss Voss, I, I don't even understand it. Speaker Voss has done a good job. It's been very difficult. It's been difficult for everyone to get over this and to move on. And everyone's trying to do that. When it comes to him, he can't decertify an election. I don't even understand it. And our electoral votes are not going to go to President Trump. They're going to stay where they are and we need to move on to 2022. So I do think they hurt us in that respect. The one thing that I witnessed, I was, you know, people watching and talking and it was interesting. There were a lot of people that walked out of that room angry. And what they said was, why in the heck am I even here? Why did I come to this? Why did I spend my my time, my money, my energy, and nothing matters. It doesn't matter. So why have exactly. a convention? Why do it? And that was probably, to me, one of the largest voices I heard. And I was really surprised and a little upset by that and concerned. And I think the party, RPW, does need to hear that. I mean, like a lot of the people that are working on the committee for the convention are yeah. probably volunteers, but people that are paid to. And they help the candidates a lot, too. So I, I really feel that I saw a side that I'd never seen before. So it was very interesting. And I also will add that I think it's just really distasteful a lot of candidates that would come up north, didn't we, Shirley? Yes. When I was running, I mean, when Sean Duffy was running, that was when Governor Walker, but that was 2010 when the Tea Party Patriots was a big movement. And that was actually when Ron Johnson was running for the first time. You know, we've always gotten behind him and supported him. Been one of those things that it's a fight and I know it's a fight. And I think it's terrible when we air our dirty laundry. I don't like that. I didn't like what the media put on the news that night, pointing out that Rebecca Clayfish did not get the GOP state convention endorsement. I don't know where it showed at, probably Milwaukee and Madison and in Madison and it really doesn't matter anyway. I was kind of right. stunned we had it in Madison, to be honest with you. And we do need to get to that hotel and what that was all about. Yeah. I just wanted to let you guys both know that I sat out in the hallway and I saw angry people, county people that were not happy about the process at all. You know, next time they yeah, have we, we weren't alone in that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, you know, one of the things, you know, from a, well, before I get positive, I, I think going back to the leadership, the, um, I, I know it's hard, right, to be concise here. One of two things happened. Either they, a complete lack of leadership and foresight 
oversight of what they did would do to their county parties. Now, I guess they could say, well, there was, you know, close to half of them that were happy about that. But let's face it. I mean, these are newer and I'm literally a new person in two. I just don't think like those other ones do. So they either had a complete lack of foresight of what this would do. And that's concerning. <laughs> People at the top wouldn't be able to play out scenarios of if we do A, B happen versus just, well, let's let it roll. Or... I don't think they're that lackadaisical or it was intended. And that's even more worrisome that there was an intention there to do that. If the intention was to do that, so sacrifice the county parties, we don't care. That's it's just concerning stuff. I'm going to keep harping that. It's a, and if for anybody to say that wasn't the lack of leadership, they, they, they didn't have their eyes open. Maybe we they don't understand what, what leadership we is. We have to create it when the vacuum of leadership is there. And there was a vacuum of leadership there. There's no doubt about it. I mean, if you heard Ron Johnson's speech, he, he was contradicting himself every other word. Not Ron, but he was. I'll still vote for Ron, but I think his, um, I didn't really like his talk. Let's talk about unity after we just had, you know, people just put gasoline all over the place. Kind of bizarre stuff. What do you think of that, Shirley? Shirley's taking a 30 second break. Okay. But I will say on a positive note, and I said this to our county party prior to the convention, I knew what was probably going to happen because I was on the rules committee. And I said, you know, I said, well, we'll see what happens at a convention. Well, the worst case scenario happened at convention. Um, and it was likely going to happen. So if indeed the, the statewide election, we already had a small say in it anyways. It was just small. We're not going to have any say in it. It's going to be difficult to get statewide candidates to come here. We've often talked about local, 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 local. That's the silver lining here that we, we won't even get distracted by statewide elections. I don't like getting involved in things that my actions don't have a result, you know? I understand. So, I understand completely. I, I've been deflated before too, John. I know that when you get deflated, it's awful hard. And this is still an open wound right now. It is for many of us. Yeah. I've talked to a couple different people, even via phone, and they're still upset over it too. You know, then you have, like you said, on social media, I don't even get on social media because of it. The people out there that are bragging that they stopped, basically they, they feel that they stopped the establishment which is totally right. wrong. They didn't. Right. They are part of the establishment, if you really want to know. But they're the Correct. new establishment. They're different. They came along when uh, President Trump ran, and right. they are new patriots. They don't understand the process. That's what it is. I've explained the process to a few of these people. You know, how the sausage is made is ugly. It has yeah. to be made, and we have to pick a candidate. Our ultimate goal, as you and I have talked about before, is to beat Governor Evers. That's our ultimate right. goal. We don't want him to be the governor again. And I keep saying to them, if you keep doing what you're doing, I'm, what's what's the definition of insanity? Keep doing it over and over again and the same results happen. So you're going to help Governor Evers get elected if you don't stop. And I don't know how else to get that across to them. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I think we'll, I, I'm not a defeatist. So, I mean, you know, we're still going to, we're still going to fight and, and try to get a Republican elected. But what happened at convention would say, did that, did that get you closer or probably set you behind? It probably set us behind. Doesn't mean the game's over, but you'd rather, you'd rather have it differently. Sure. So we're going to see how this plays out, right? I, I think Clayfish is still going to win primary. Oh, she is. Definitely. And then we will see, we want her to beat Tony Evers, but let's say she does not beat Tony Evers. You know, be we'll have to look back on this and say, did what happened at convention up until the uh, November, did that have an effect on it? And by that, I mean, we don't, you know, it's so early now after the convention. Yeah. To me, it's like, whether it be Rebecca or anybody that came out of there and whoever wins this, I mean, how wounded are they by the time they get to November? Right. Financially, mentally, physically. That's the part, too, that gets me is that this would have given her a bounce for financially, you know, fundraising. And now yeah. she has to fight and spend more money until the primary because now she has to fight. Right. So the fundraising part of it becomes harder. 
as well as getting your, you know, campaign together and getting the people to support. So it, it becomes a tougher road. But I don't, I, you know, by seeing, like you said, you know, 5% for the next closest one, which was Timothy Rampton, I just don't see anything changing for her. Uh, I saw her fight a lot. She fought to get lieutenant governor. She fought in a recall election, a historical. She fought uh, cancer during Act 10. I mean, she's been through a whole lot. So I believe she has the family support and the actual ground, grassroots support out here that will help her get over the line. Well, no doubt. She's, she's a fighter. The more I am um, exposed to her, the more impressed I am. I saw her in the lobby long after. Mm-hmm how it all went down. And I talked to her briefly and I said, you know, I'm sorry, you know, that that happened. And, and she was not defeated whatsoever. She said, don't be sorry. She thanked me for my help and everybody that's helped her. And the look in her eye was, she looked angry, mm-hmm. but it looked like almost like poked a sleeping tiger. You know, that's kind of what it looked right. like to me. The determination was even amped up even further. Like I said, the more I got to know her, the more impressed I've been. I mean, she's a tireless worker. I, I knew that going to this convention, but the look in her eye was even of more determination. Um, so that was encouraging to see. You know, so I guess I guess my point of to finish my point on what we'll see. I mean, ideally, she wins the primary. I think she's the best one to defeat Evers. We defeat Evers, and a lot of this will be forgotten. My concern, um, the other way, is we've seen the effort that these other candidates have put towards a no endorsement. I mean, is Kevin Nicholson really going to come around and? be supportive. I guess what we'll see, right? Are the patriots, so to speak, that always threat, if they don't get their way here and they're, I guess they're all men on their side, their guy doesn't win. Can we pinpoint to that, that boy, 5% stayed home? I don't know. We'll see, you know, but hopefully that's not even a post analysis we have to do. Right. Yes. Because I think that, uh, unfortunately, I think Republicans eat their own and that is some of the problem. Uh, Geez, my candidate didn't win. So I'm just not going to go vote for the chosen candidate. I'm not going to vote for the person who won the, the primary because that wasn't my candidate. Um, and that's where Democrats beat us. They will vote for Democrat no matter who it is. They'll circle right. the wagons with their spears until death. That's what they do. You know, we've got to hope that those folks do come out and that, that they do vote, that they don't stay home. I think there's a lot more of us out there than there are of them. Truthfully, I really believe that. There are a lot of people that realize that the Democrat Party has moved very far left. They're witnessing things in schools. Parents have opened their eyes. I really believe there are more of us out there than there are of them. And we will prevail. And I know Rebecca's going to win the primary. I don't even have a second thought about it. I don't. I just yeah, know that um, she's a, a proven leader and she'll do a fantastic job. And I I'm looking forward to seeing her as the next governor and very excited for her. What comes next for Wisconsin? I agree. I, I agree. I think she, I think she, again, positive. I think she wins this to be positive. Let's hope the opposition within the Republican Party, you know, says, well, <laughs> it's time to coalesce. You know, the, the grassroots county parties are with Rebecca. I mean, so that's where the, they call it the machine. That's a good machine. That That's what will this thing done. And we have candidates that will stand up there, you know, and that run, I, I was a little disappointed that Kevin Nicholson did it because he waited till Ron Johnson announced that he was going to run. So he really didn't want to be the governor. He wanted to be a senator. How do you support someone like that? But it's the way of the game and he has the right to, to run. We have the right to sign his ballot or his nomination papers to put him on the ballot. So it becomes this 
long, drawn-out process. And I don't know, maybe, maybe the solution is to have the primaries earlier, before the convention. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think that that helps, you know, that, w- that would help solve some of the issue. Well, it helps solve the money issue. You know, you're spending all this money to win the primary, and then you've got a very short period of time to the election, where if you had the primary in April, you know, you're not going to, you know, you've spent money to win that primary in April, and you have a longer period of time to raise more money. So I, I would suggest that, if, I, I would suggest that we do move the primary up, but we also then move the convention up prior prior to the election, pr- prior to the primary, because I obviously I'm a big proponent of keeping the county parties having a say in who our, who our representative is. You still have the primary, obviously. But, you know, moving it up, irrelevant to what I just said there about endorsing or not, that's what adds salt to this wound even further because you got, you know, an August primary and then November general. So if you moved it up, it would, as I say, it would help half the half the issue. You know, you said something, Cheryl, and we, we kind of talked about this last time. And, you know, it was like Nicholson running. And I think this was a lot of candidates that are within uh, all the races. Not not every candidate, but there's a lot of them within all the races that they're they're taking like three steps. I mean, they all want to start at the top. I guess that's what I'm saying. In other words, what what's Nicholson has not held any sort of government position prior to this. I don't even know what position he's held in business that would be comparable. But my point of all that is, I think that's and I'm a big Trump fan, but I think that's part of the part of the hangover we're getting from Trump is that nobody there's no successor to Trump. And so well, Trump started at the top, so I'm gonna start at the top. And I think um I'll say that Trump is um he's a genius. He's maybe one in multiple generations. And I think that's unfortunate that people see what he did and they think, well, then I'm going to do that too. I agree. I think that he had, though, how many years on TV and people knowing him all across the world, basically, with Trump Towers. He he had a brand. Yeah, he he did. He was a a household brand. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a lot of it too. So it took years, years for him to build that. And then when he ran for president, of course, it was just an easy move in for him. He's an entertainer. You know, he's a very good entertainer, which is what Ronald right. Reagan was an entertainer, a movie star before. So it's very interesting how that worked. But yes, you're right. There's a couple candidates that are not that at all. I don't know what moves people to do that because really running and running a statewide campaign is not an easy job. No, I would admit, I don't even know half of it. And I just, the ones that I've seen, it just looks exhausting and thankless. And, but, you know, Nicholson starting way top. I guess he was involved in you know, college. He was the head of the chairman of the college Democrats or whatever. So I guess that was something, but, uh, and Michaels, you know, so, so Nicholson starting high, like Trump Michaels, it's almost like the people behind his campaigns, like, well, he's a billionaire. So that's kind of like Trump. Let's run him. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, and, sure, uh, sure. I don't know Tim Michaels and I don't even, you know, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but I don't think he carries, you know, I don't think he has the presence of a Trump. It just, I didn't, I didn't get that vibe at all when I saw him walking around convention. Well, when he spoke, so he certainly didn't. Right. So, you know, see what I'm saying, though? Like they're, they're looking for, well, what's Trump? Well, Michaels is a billionaire, so we can sell that. We can get the Trump people on board with that. No. I think as a party, once we realize that there is no Trump part two, Trump is Trump, doesn't mean there's not elements of MAGA, so to speak, that you would carry forward. But as far as the, the messenger, I think we need to I think we need to forget trying to falsely attribute characteristics to candidates and say that they're Trump because they carry a small, small piece of it. I'll say this too, you know, I wanted to say with the whole no endorsement piece and that Patriot group, you know, it's easier to destroy than it is to build. And my suggestion to that wing of the party would be get yourself a good candidate and things would turn out a lot different 
differently for better for everybody. I mean, if they had a good candidate and it was Rebecca fighting with their candidate for that 60% and my candidate didn't get the 60%, but theirs did, at least I'd say, well, you know, the better man or woman won, I'll support that person happily um, versus what they have. They have, I think, either unqualified or in Nicholson's case, a very ugly look with how he handled this whole thing. Well, he ran for Senate. It was the last time that Tammy Baldwin ran the Democrat, and uh, Leah Volkmar, who was a state senator at the time. And he ran a pretty nasty campaign against her. And that she did win, which she was the one who definitely was going to win. But then she lost against Tammy Baldwin. They used some of the information that he gathered against her then, unfortunately. You know, I guess he could, assuming he doesn't win, I guess he could still build a bridge back if he just like campaigned like a, like a madman for Rebecca. But I don't see that happening. So I don't I, see that I don't happening. Know, has he done it in no. politics in Wisconsin? I, I guess. Maybe moves to another state. Maybe goes to Connecticut. Like where Tim Michaels came from. Well, didn't, didn't Tim Michaels run for something though? Also, he did. Was that senator too? No, I think someone said he ran. Was it for governor? Surely I they thought were somebody him? said that he tried to run for governor. Was that when Mark, yeah when Mark Green ran? Yeah, or? I think that was two thousand four, two thousand six, one or the other. In two thousand six, because that was when Mark Green ran. Governor Walker was uh, on that ticket at the time, and then he backed down. Uh, that was when we had that uh, convention at Lacrosse. Surely we were at that one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he backed out and let Mark Green take the lead position. And I do think Michaels was in it then. That's what we heard anyway. I don't remember. Yeah, he did him. run for something. I just don't remember what it was. And you, yeah. you guys are probably right. Probably governor. Was it a governor or senator? One or the yeah. other. And I right. don't remember him either, which is kind of unusual because I would have thought that I'd remember somebody of his caliber, but I do not. You know, on a lighter note, did I tell you I, I ran into um, Governor Walker in the hallway? Oh, you got so to run into him too? I was <laughs> sitting there being a good delegate. <laughs> <laughs> I sent her. Well, this was right after was, I was coming back from being with you know Will for for that piece. So I was walking back. I'm from part of my childhood. I grew up in Delavan, Wisconsin, and and Scott Walker's from Delavan as well. Mm-hmm. Um, two occasions, I had an occasion to talk with Alex Walker, and I mentioned that to him. I said, hey, you know, someday if you can introduce me to your dad, I'd just like to, you know, I think that'd be kind of neat because I, part of my past in Delavan. And then I saw Matt Walker, and I said the same thing to him. And then Will's, one of Will's campaign people knows Walker, and he's like, oh, I'll definitely introduce you. I'm like, oh, that'd be good. And I told him the Delavan connection. So I'm walking back, and it's, uh, you know, Scott Walker's there. And I said, hey, you know, I introduced myself. And he was very nice. And I said, hey, look, I said, I'm, I'm from Delavan, Wisconsin, too. And he looked at me, and then I said some things that you would only know if you're from Delavan. And once I could see in his eyes, that clicked. The whole, co- not that he was, he was being fine before that, but it just turned into like a real, just two guys, you know, they have um, some commonality in a, in a small town in southern Wisconsin. And, and the whole conversation just took a different note. And I'm like, well, you know, who was the football coach and you were there? And yeah, because we didn't live there at the same time. But it was just kind of a neat conversation to kind of just two guys from Delavan and t- talking about that. So who knows? maybe if I would have stayed in Delavan, I would have been a governor versus what I am now. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're where you are, John. I ran right. into him in the hallway too and got to talk to him and got a little selfie and I sent it to Shirley and said, look who I got to see. Uh, yeah. I'm being a good, 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 delicate. You guys are out there running around getting pictures with the former governor. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite. Yeah. But you great. know, he, he came up North a lot. He did. When he, a lot. And he was campaigning and when he was the governor. I mean, he was here mm-hmm. several times. He used to yeah, do I think motorcycle was... ride. He did that motorcycle ride. Remember that, Shirley, every year? He came, came one year to talk about economic development. We had that at the Vet Center. Yeah, I remember that. So, 
Um, yeah, he yeah. was the stake logic. I know. I think there, I don't know if that was a Lincoln Day or what it was. And he came to a lot of he, the caucuses, yeah. even. Yeah. And they he protested was, us that time. Remember that, Shirley? I think that was after the Act Ten. Yes. Yes, it was after Act Ten. That was terrible. He had Adolf Walker and Scott Hitler signs. It was crazy. It was a different time for sure. But I see some divisiveness going on within our own party that I don't like. I never have liked that. I don't like it when we air our dirty laundry. I also look at it as an opportunity to maybe try to get some people to understand what the whole process is about. And hopefully when this whole process is over, the losers come uh, come out and support those that have won. I would hope well, t- time, you know, time does heal, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's our hope anyways. Right. Well, this is still an open wound for all of us. And, and then the good part, though, John, I wanted to ask also about Jack being there, your son, young, young man, yeah. 21, and... What was that experience like for him? What do you think? I think it was great. I think he in, enjoyed it. He was frustrated to a degree too because of what we just talked about. But on, but I think he enjoyed it. I think he best things about being there is um, there's a lot of characters there in a good way, right? Yes. So there's a lot of characters there, and I think you know he enjoyed he enjoyed kind of the banter back and forth, and so I thought you know that was really good. He really enjoyed himself. You know, on the Friday night with the the sweets and so forth, I went to to the back to the room relatively early and and uh he just stayed out there and he was like you know i'm the clayfish suite i was in the will martin suite and then i hung out in the eric tony suite and did this and that and and it was just neat to see him do that on his own because he's 21 and he's a he's a young man but to me he's still it's still like i had my little boy there you know <laughs> running around the, running around the place so i think it, it was good and my hope is i want to expose him to that stuff and, and i even say to him not to make him sad but to to make him soak in the moment and i said you know someday i'm not going to be here and wouldn't that be neat if um you carry this on and and you're involved to a certain degree and you'll you'll be telling stories of me and jim miller and we're not going to be here you know and my, my point is that you know the torch passing the, the torch torn, has to be handed off at some point and so i'm i'm hoping that was a part of that little brick that we that i want to lay and not that i i just like him to be involved in the community you know whatever he wants to do but i often thought you know i often thought he'll be a good candidate someday should he want to do something like that so i saw a lot of young people at this convention i thought that was kind of a uh, and you know who had the you know there were a lot of them were with clayfish mm-hmm. yes, yes. That. very young and energetic yes. staff versus when you look compared to the other staffs, I should say, which I thought was uh, interest, interesting, good, bad. Otherwise, it was just uh, was refreshing. I think Governor Walker did that too. He had a young staff that they knew everything about technology and they whipped things up before you could even imagine. So I'm sure that Rebecca learned it from that. And I'm glad because it's a good thing to carry on. It was nice to see though. And Saturday evening, Shirley and I hung out in the Young Republicans hospitality suite for quite a while and hung out with some of those young fellas, didn't we? Yes, we did. It was fun. We so learned they're, they're very knowledgeable too on politics and the whole thing i've talked to them and they're really uh they're really into it and it's an, it's encouraging encouraging to see and we've got some young a candidate which is encouraging um not that there's anything wrong with those of us old, over 60 <laughs> but you know some you know we've got to have these young people stepping up and taking over it's yeah, gonna absolutely. be it's gonna be their time and you know their time can start now absolutely yeah it was kind of i want to say too before we lose out getting back to you being an honorary member cheryl <laughs> so shirley and i obviously card carrying members of the Sawyer County. GOP. I'm not much into awards, but if, if we had an award for like an honorary lifetime member, Cheryl Labar, you would be that, you would be the first recipient of such an award. Well, John, I really appreciate you saying that. I'm not sure who put you up to that, but that's pretty nice. Thank you. I, uh, I still have my heart, you know, still in Sawyer County. I should be a card-carrying paid member of Sawyer County. Duh, it doesn't matter what county I live in, does it? Is there like some kind of rule against that? 
No, I don't think it. We have a gentleman that's from Bayfield. I know is in our county party, right. so I don't. I don't think it matters. Well, I used See, to carry a card. Remember, Shirley, I carried a card from Ashland. I joined Iron County and from um, Bayfield, so I had all four of those counties because that's what that district was back then. And I ran as a candidate, so I used to have a card from each one of those, and I went to most of their meetings. And I know what it's like for sure. And I can't imagine a statewide one. I don't, especially the gas prices right now. So everything no. is up there. So imagine. Yeah, it would cut back on a candidate coming way up north. And that's the other thing people don't understand. When you come all the way down, you took your time. And it's like a four-hour drive down to Madison. I mean, Shirley had called me and we're like, yeah, we're going to go. We signed up early. We were excited because we thought we were going to be able to do our podcast from there, which would have been fantastic. But yeah. the internet was terrible. So we haven't talked about the service there. And I'm going to let you <laughs> blow that away because I was like very frustrated. And we kept getting knocked off. We couldn't understand why. So that was very frustrating. But I truly... Uh, believe that my standards are better. I mean, like they align with you guys more so than they do my own county, which is very unfortunate. So send yeah, me the membership. <laughs> send me well, a membership. Well, you know, when you come, when you come, hopefully you can come to the Reagan picnic. We're 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 going to try to do that in in July, and um, going to try to make it as um, big as and great as we can. Hoping to get Rebecca Clayfish there. I'm not positive, but I'm confident we can. And we're going to limit a little bit, you know, the wide openness of it. You know, I'd li ideally like to have Rebecca, Will Martin, Pat Teston, Tony. If Jarko wants to come, he can come. It's time to limit it, right? So we're not going to have just every candidate that wants to come speak. But I'd like to have those at the top of it and then have, you know, the Assembly and the State Senate people that are running, you know, give them a forum as well. So and hopefully you guys can be there for, uh, you know, a podcast as well. Well, that'd be awesome. Yeah, we're game. And surely you can have your boat already and I'll be able to get to go boating too. So that you gives me a good excuse boat to ride. Yep. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so yep. yeah, sounds good to me. And then you can just give me a membership uh, application and I'll fill it out up there because I just, I don't see me aligning with my group here and that's very unfortunate, but I see that. You know, numbers over quality. And, and I think, you know, it's easier. In other words, I know that if I, Let's put it this way. The Patriot groups up here in Sawyer County, there's two of them. They, they can draw more people to an outing much easier than I could. I mean, because all they got to do is, you know, promote decertification and no endorsement and rhino stink. And it's a lot of red meat and it, and, and it gets people to come. I mean, and I think some of these county parties have felt maybe fallen victim to that. They they've seen their numbers increase because of that. Let's let's show two thousand mules and get everybody jacked up and upset. Let's let's bring in you know somebody to talk about a forensic audit. Let's do that. And I think that probably has grown their numbers. I think that's um, that's how they maybe have become. I don't I don't know if they're happy with that. Maybe, you know, because I've seen it in Sawyer County and we've had some of those people and we've had to work nicely, very hard trying to change their mind. But I'd say two out of three leave, meaning they just they're not accepting it. But every now and then somebody like, yeah, I get it. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, and they stick around scaring people away because we're not willing to go down the toss loss route. Well, I can say one thing. I ran into two neighbors, a husband and wife that they live right in my neighborhood. I mean, like not even a block away from me, which I was surprised to see them there. They're newly um, members to the Republican Party. They've gone to a lot of events and things in the past, but 
they are new to the Wood County Republican Party, and they totally agreed with me 100%. They were on as guests as well because they hadn't been vetted because they're new to Wood County Republican Party, but they should have been allowed to be delegates because they are paid members of the party. So I found that very interesting, but they totally support Rebecca for the same reasons, basically, and they understood the whole process. They thought it was a fantastic convention because they'd never been to one before and they thought that um you know they were they said it was unfortunate she didn't get it but in their minds she did get it because she got 54 percent of the vote so to them that's true yeah yeah i felt good about that you know so it gives me some hope that maybe we can turn it around no, I agree. I, I think, you know, it's it's just going to make it a little harder for Rebecca, but she can she can raise money off that, hopefully, you know, by saying 55%. People that are somewhat aware of what happened, no, you know, so, you know, should have been the one. She she is the endorsed one without officially being able to say so, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's fired up her support, too. Uh, I've, I've talked to and listened to a lot of her grassroots support and that determined look I said she had, you know, in the lobby is kind of what I'm seeing and hearing from her grassroots, you know, support people. And um, I think that's going to make the difference in the end. Well, maybe Shirley can say a couple words about it because I know she's uh, the point person there in Sawyer County, aren't you, Shirley? She is. Yes, I am. Awesome. Yes, I am. And, uh, we expect to do um, a lot of campaigning in the next couple months and getting her message spread to as many people as we can get it spread to. Are they giving you talking points like a weekly or something? No, but I'm suspect that's going to be coming. Sure. Okay. But yeah, that'll be that'll be forthcoming. Yeah. I, I think there's going to be a major push. I don't know when it'll start, but as far as um, signage and door hangers and, and things that I'm not even aware of. Yeah. See, yeah. That's something I'll come up and help with too. All you got to do is let me know. Yeah. Getting our lists and, and knowing where to go and mm-hmm. who to talk to. Okay. Well, I certainly will be happy to do that. I'm really glad. And uh, John, I hope that Jack will come on with me again. I want to do another chat with Jack. I think that'd be fun. Uh, I think that would be great. Yeah. And I, you know, he, he could probably give you a spin of his take on the convention. And, you know, I feel like we've been kind of really throwing the convention under the bus for rightly so. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is life. And we take our licks and we move forward and I'm ready to fight. So you're basically saying that we stand together and that's what we need to do. Stand together and keep fighting the good fight and getting our message out. And I think that wins people over too. It really does. Absolutely. Anything to end on, Shirley? Just to get out there and vote for Rebecca. Yay. I agree. All right. How about you, John? I mean, like we should probably say something really good. I do know that RPW puts a lot of energy into setting this up. Was kind of disappointed, honestly, on where we had it because it was like trying to find a place to eat <laughs> was really hard. Shirley and I drove around. Was it Saturday, Shirley? We drove around looking for food. Yeah. <laughs> didn't it seem like? Did it seem like you were like thrown back in the COVID era? It did. It did. Weird. Yeah. It was like everything was like soft, open, half open, um, closing early. When I was leaving Sunday, I wanted to have like lunch in the hotel because it would have been the quickest way to, you know, eat and get out of there. And I said, uh, is your restaurant open? No. I said, is there somewhere to eat? Oh, yeah. And she points like, you you know, two parking lots over. You can go over there. There's some restaurants. Yeah. Well, we (laughs) it was sad. And I I think it was Saturday or Saturday. You didn't leave with me, so it had to be Saturday. I, this poor waitress was there Saturday morning, and she was there Saturday night. Yeah, she was. And we said, my God, don't 
don't you have any help? And they said, no. And I said, where are all these young kids? You know, when I was young, we had to work. And most of the time we worked in fast food or someplace. And this one young man who I don't think, I think he was probably somebody who came here from another country. Mm -hmm. said, you know, I said, where are these young kids? He said, at home in their parents' basement. Their parents pay for everything. Not me. My mother threw me out and told me I had to get a job. And I just thought, oh my God, you know, here's a young man who comes from another country. And his mother says, get out. You're old yeah. enough now. Get a job. Yeah, that's and what he told. And, and he said, they're home in their parents' basement. Their parents support them. Yeah, and he I did thought, say that. We were both shocked. Yeah, yeah I was like. You know, that maybe explains a lot because, you know, like that kind of ties in with to it had a COVID type feel. Yep. And a lot of that was yep. accelerated because of COVID that, you know, why work? I guess I was just surprised that that would affect the Marriott, but I guess they're not immune to it either. And you're in Madison, so it's, yeah. you know. That, that I think plays a part in it too. And, you know, cause the Republicans, RPW reserved that whole place. So there was, you know, there was nobody else in there, but RPW, you know, yeah. Yes. And you would have thought you could have got and some I, lunch. Maybe they were just overwhelmed that they just haven't had that type of uh, capacity before or. I don't know what it was. Oh, they had to. Now, did you guys get a lunch on Saturday on the floor? I mean, I was wondering about that, John. No. Weren't they supposed to have like the chairman's luncheon or something? They did. And um, that was not on the floor. It was in a separate room. Yeah, that was what we... I tell you, the food was better at the Dells the year year prior. Well, Shirley and I, you know, the bar didn't open till four o'clock on when we got there Friday. We got there a little early and we go down there and there's no place, no place to get food. And then we had like salsa and chips, didn't we? Shirley, we were like, this isn't really food. You know, um, that's all they had was like little bar food stuff. We didn't yeah. have anything. Well, it was just strange too that they, um, the hotel is, you know, regardless of that, that again, the restaurants around that area, a lot of them were closed at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I, you know, I think that's, again, a COVID hangover. They they got accustomed to doing that during COVID, kind of made them see a different way to operate their business, maybe. And, and that tied with getting harder to get workers to come back. I'm assuming here that they just, you know, are in a different rut. But I was just surprised that it would be, you know, that was basically Madison. You know, there's places open in Sawyer County later than that. I was but, just glad we didn't have to wear a mask. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> they were just shy of the mask. <laughs> no, it, it, I think the hotel was disappointing. But you still, have, you still have people that still have that COVID mentality where we're afraid to go out. You know, we don't want to be around people. I was talking to a couple um, the other day who's somebody was getting married and, and if you hadn't been vaccinated, you were asked not to come to the wedding. Wow. You know, even though you can still get COVID being vaccinated, they asked that these family members not attend the wedding. You know, and how sad is that? Very sad. Well, it's coming back. I mean, you know, Duluth, for all its uh, government buildings, you have to, they reinforce the mask mandate. I think they did for the final few weeks of um, K through 12. I would be shocked if the university up there doesn't force masks again at some point mm-hmm. in the fall. There's just certain areas, you know, especially these college towns, you know, they're into it. I mean, it's, it's their thing. Horrible. Actually, I just heard from someone yesterday that said that a uh, employee's review on his review, his uh, safety and health was marked down from exceeds expectation to meets expectation because he did not take the vaccine. Interesting, huh? Yeah. Wow. I was a little disturbed. I think you probably would have a something to stand on there. Just because you got vaccinated didn't mean that you didn't get the COVID. Many people I know had COVID that were vaccinated and boosted. So it's very interesting. But I did feel that. I felt that too. And then because the bar closed at 10 o'clock and Saturday night we were sitting in the Young Republicans hospitality suite. Well, I'll tell you, what what time was it, Shirley? Probably 1130, 12 o'clock. They flipped the lights out, left them out for a couple of minutes. And it was basically like, get out. 
Yeah, it was about 11.15. It's like, you're done, go home now. <laughs> it was. It was interesting. I've never been to a convention ever like that before. That It wasn't very friendly. It wasn't uh, friendly towards the people. And there was a lot of people in the hallway. You know, they wanted to sit around. You know, you want to sit around and talk after a long day like that. And so there was a lot of people sitting out in the hallway. We finally went up. I thought it was a good rate that you, you received through the RPW. So I don't know if they negotiated too low of a rate or something that Marriott was upset. But I mean, it was weird from... And I I hate being so you know negative it's almost funny you know from the get-go i mean just checking in it was kind of hectic at the checkout there was a woman just yelling you know she worked you know she worked for marriott yelling get your id and have your id and credit cards ready and just in a tone of i'm like whatever and then my, my son goes dad you you know do you want me to hold this so you can get get everything get your card and id ready i said i don't have to her tune you know she, she can wait 10 seconds when I get up to the desk and get my wallet out of my pocket. It was just, it was just see when I checked I in like it in a long, long time. It was almost comical. When I checked in, there were two gentlemen there and they were very, very nice. What I mean, time did you get there, John? I got there at 1 30. When did you get there, John? Oh, I got there at uh, around five. Okay. Ah, I think it was young- a busier line. Yeah, two young men and the young man even came out from behind the desk to talk to me because you don't have the play the play plexiglass or whatever yeah he came around that to say okay here's your keys and you know your breakfast is from six on enjoy your stay and i thought oh this is going to be nice what a nice young man and then it just kind of went downhill from there it did in breakfast yeah, i guess it depends on who you're i've had I'll, I'll say one bad and one good uh both with the the breakfast so on saturday i just wanted to go downstairs and get a cup of coffee yeah and um How'd that work? i had like this little barrier set up and i'm like well I'm, i see the coffee things at the far end i'm like well, i walk in and the guy the guy there goes hey where are you going i said i'm going to get some coffee he goes that's 10 bucks i said for coffee first of all i thought it'd be free i get free when i'm in holiday Inn express i said i said oh 10 bucks i said for a cup of coffee he goes 10 bucks for a cup of coffee or 10 bucks for a cup of coffee and you can eat it's your choice wow you know so i I give him i give him uh my 10 bucks and i walk in and then on the sales that that was the bad one the good one on sunday i do the same thing but there's nobody there at the gate so to speak and so i walk in and i'm at the coffee to get my coffee and a waitress or woman comes up and she said "Uh, did you did you pay i said no i didn't pay she says well it's ten dollars i said i and i just laughed i said i'm i go i'm shocked that Marriott is charging 10 bucks for coffee. She goes, all, all you're having is coffee? I said, yeah, just coffee. She says, well, then then don't worry about it. Just get your coffee. I said, well, thank you. You, you restored some of my faith in Marriott. <laughs> <laughs> well, Saturday, Shirley had asked me to go in. There was a room. It was one of the hospitality suites the night before. And she asked me, they had coffee in there. She said, can you go get me a cup of coffee? Sure. I walk in there. There's Coffee. There was a lot of coffee left, but there were no cups. The, <laughs> there was lids all over, but there were absolutely no coffee cups. And I thought, now, how hard is it to put those cups in there? So there were a couple of things that we saw. Now, we had breakfast there Saturday morning. It was $10 each. My eggs were cold, but other than that, it was okay. I mean, it wasn't anything. It wasn't that good, but no, you know, it for 10 uh, bucks, and I needed another second cup of coffee. So as long as you're going to charge me 10 for the coffee, I'm going to eat. That was so funny. It was funny, but it's not. I mean, and I do feel bad because I'm sure part of it is like that one woman, she was working really hard and the bartenders worked really hard. So I saw the people working hard. I feel badly for them. And I do think part of it is the fact that it was Dane County. And I kind of wondered why they had it. I I really was surprised. I thought we might have protesters because we've had that before. I thought so too. Do you think that some of it was maybe a disgruntledness from the employees um, when they 
understood it was the all hotel is full of Republicans? No, I think nobody wants to work. I truly think nobody wants to work. Nah, you're, you're probably like Shirley. I think I go with that one. Nobody yeah. wants to work. I mean, there were just a couple women working the buffet. You know, when I finally walked in there to get a cup of coffee, the hotel employee, who I think now was the banquet guest guy, and said, can I get a cup of coffee? He said, oh, it's all put away. Let me see if I can find you a cup. And I sat out there for a long time, and she finally came out and said, coffee? And I said, oh, yeah, thank you. How much? She said, well, it's normally two bucks, but you can have it. I said, oh, thank you so much. And I thought, oh, my God. They just don't have coffee sitting in there. I mean, this poor lady had a makeup out of coffee for every convention we've ever been to you know that hallway that we went down they would have had like tables set up with water and coffee and you know they didn't have any of that i was really surprised that was a long walk down to that convention thing too i did get my steps in for the day i was like there's no place to get any water there was nothing (laughs) yeah that you know again it's easy to be critical and i I, my empathy goes out with everybody who organized it but me too you just gotta wonder again i think it's the leadership thing I mean, I know RPW has a paid staff, but they're lean. There's yeah. not a lot of them. From what I can see, the, the paid staff is not they're not leading anything, right? They're just no, kind of under. They're, just, so they're just there. And I think, I, I wonder, I don't know, are, do other states have, like, their chairman, is that a paid position? Like the state chairman? Yes, some states are. I, mean, I think they should. And to me, that, that could be a 200 grand a year, if not more, job. And I, I think that might be well worth the investment. And not that the current one is poor, but I, I think he'd be a great guy to do it. But I'd like to pay him. Sure. $200,000 and be accountable. Right. Because I think what happens is it's true. I mean, you got to say, you know, it's a volunteer. Everybody's a volunteer, you know, and it's like, so that gives you the cop out. (laughs) Who is there to address the hotel situation we're talking about? Who's there to address the endorsement thing we're talking about? Who's there to address how the voting went and how long it took? I don't know if that was any faster than, as you described it, Cheryl, how they did it in the past. Mm Mm-hmm. See, and I don't remember. I feel so nitpicky and petty with this. So I, I really feel bad even saying that. But my point is, you know, because I say this and you say, well, you know, they're all volunteer positions. So what do you expect? And that's the truth. What do you expect? I mean, because who needs the headache? Maybe there ought to be a consideration to, to pay some people there and, and maybe things could be better. I don't know. And I don't remember us when we were delegates back years ago that we were we were there that long on these endorsements. We weren't. I just fun. we had fun. I mean, we had fun. fun. It was just it was just grueling. Well, you know, and, and we, we maybe we end where we started. I'm a positive person, although I feel like I've been so negative since that convention. <laughs> but um, it's still sore. You know, right? what I was going to say is that I th- I think you know a lot of our beefs on the hotel and all that are somewhat tied to the outcome too. It's like you know you're traveling five hours to get there you pay some money to stay in a hotel you, you pay some money in restaurants and so you know it adds up yes I, I guess if the whole endorsement thing would have been different at least for those that believe that it shouldn't have been there then no endorsement maybe we would be less cranky than <laughs> the other stuff <laughs> well do you would you be against me sending the link to this podcast to rpw oh i i don't care you know that's fine with me i i think they're all good people i just am oh, trying too. to uh, analyze it from the outside in and um well sometimes i don't know if they want to hear it yeah yeah well sometimes you can't fix something unless you know unless you realize Correct. you and, have to know that it was a problem and so maybe we need to let them know i mean i haven't sent an email or anything to any of them so maybe i will and i'll say hey we did a podcast and we just talked about it and we're not trying to come down on anyone we really want it to be a good experience for people and we witnessed some of the things that happened that really weren't and even the hotel choice i mean if you don't have the right hotel choice and it could be the fact they're used to that in dane county you know they might be used to that the rpw because that's where they all live 
Well, they might be used to it. And I don't remember the whole fee. I thought it was a pretty cheap fee, too. So, I mean, I, I'd rather pay up an extra 30 bucks a night, I guess, is what I'm saying, mm -hmm. if that would change the service. Well, if, um, if it I think a lot of it goes back to the purpose of why we're there, right? I mean, it's it, to, do, to go through all that time expense and these are all my these are all what first world frustrations as they call it first world problem you know without a payoff i think that's what what made it hard now next year's in lacrosse so automatically that if i were to go it's a shorter trip that already makes me happier mm -hmm. you know again i mean i'm not going to make the decision now but you know there's a chance i don't even go next year because it might not matter and that's unfortunate isn't it even when you say that as a chairman and the yes so. because it should always matter mm -hmm. there should be something there that matters that we go. And that's what I was trying to say earlier is that at a minimum, I'll always be committed to Sawyer County in Northwest Wisconsin. And, but that may be as far as the influence goes because statewide, it might not matter. It's always going to matter locally, um, local sheriff, local Sawyer County state, you know, state Senate assembly. That'll always matter. Tom Tiffany, that's always going to matter. But beyond that, I guess you'd go because you might see some friends and so forth, but you're not really going for... That was kind of me. I went this time as, like I said, a guest, and I saw more people that I hadn't seen in years. It um, was kind of fun to see and hear what they thought, too. It was very interesting. Most literally, I would say every single person that I talked to that I had seen that I have known over the years felt exactly the same way that we do. That's why I don't let it get to me too much because I really do understand yeah. that there's so many people right now that are just still on the 2020 and they really need to get their eyes set on 2022. And that's really what we need to do is set up. That's a great, that's a great point, Cheryl. I mean, because who knows how it's going to look a year from now, you know, mm -hmm. because those people that are stuck on 20, are they still here? Are they gone? Are they still here? And are they changed the way they think? So yeah, there's so many things that could, uh, it could how it could look a year or two years from now. And now one of the one of the things that I I will end on too is saying that elephants don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> this one is not going to forget. She will remember. Yep. I was grateful I got to see you know Governor Walker, and I was grateful I got to visit with Rebecca. She barely had a voice the last time I spoke to her. She could hardly talk, but um, she was grateful for how everything turned out. She really was. She was grateful. And I see the determination in her too. I see it in her children. Her children are much older now and they can go out there and, and go after it too. And yeah. I saw it in her husband. He makes me laugh all the time. Um, mm -hmm. So it was an interesting uh, convention. And it was really interesting because I saw it in a different light this time for the first time in a long time. And it was great going with my pal, Shirley. We always have a good time when we hang out. We laughed a lot, as we do. We got to sit with a bunch of young boys on Saturday night. You can't beat that, right? No, not for you two, but for me, yeah, I could beat that. <laughs> you should have come and sat with us, John. We had a blast. I don't know where Jack was Saturday night. I didn't get to see him Saturday night. Honestly. We, uh, yeah, we went, to, we went to dinner at a place called Monk's, which was a, oh, yeah. a five-minute drive with some folks from uh, the Racine County uh, Oh, nice. We've seen Connor Republicans. Well, I almost did not recognize that young man. Well, because the haircut. Yes. If I saw him Friday night at one of those uh, hospitality suites, I would not have recognized who he was. If he was still there, still he'll, 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 he'll walk around the, you know, the house and turn around the corner and I'll see him. And I sometimes like, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I, I really do look forward to talking to him again, too. And he's, uh, it's so good that, you know, to see a father and a son 
be on the floor together and a delegate and uh, that'd uh, be interesting. That's, I probably don't want to say much beyond that because that, that makes me smile hearing that. That's how I felt when I was there. And every time I got frustrated when I saw him or I knew I was with him, it, um, it made all the difference. So on that note, it was, um, it was an A plus. Well, I want to thank you for sitting with us again. And I want to thank you for all of your volunteerism and also for running and winning an election. Uh, I know that it's difficult and I know it's difficult taking the time to travel, spend your weekend there. And, uh, I know it wasn't maybe not turn out the way you thought, but honestly, it's probably going to end up a lot better than what we all think. And I'm excited about that venture. Amen. Yeah, I think we're going to have a good year and a good November. Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. There you go. Well, thank you, John, so much. And take care, John. Well, thanks, Shirley. And thanks, Cheryl. And it's always a pleasure being on. And uh, we'll be seeing you both soon, I hope. Yes, you will. Take care. Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. This this concludes our Cheryl and Shirley show with John Ringheimer. Make sure to check us out on our website. And we're on many different hosting for podcasts. Just look up the Cheryl and Shirley show. Well, that's the show for today, folks. Thank you for joining. Cheryl and Shirley, and today speaking with John, John Righeimer, who is the Sawyer County Republican Party Chair. And make sure you check out our website, www.slabar.podbean.com, and you'll find all the links to all of the podcasts that we are on, as well as other information on the website. Thank you so much for joining us. We do appreciate it. And you have a great day.